0: Pastor Raj. I, we, I don't know a lot of you, and um, we share that in common because you don't know me really either. So we have one thing in common immediately. Isn't that great? Uh, and I just want to say um, again that it's an honor and a, a blessing to be able to share with you this morning. My son and daughter-in-law are Connor and Lauren, and uh, they just dedicated our our first grandchild, and um, Allison, my wife, and I—we've uh, <clears throat> been attending here sort of since last April. But I was away all summer. I was uh, the pastor to the Stepping Stones and working in the cafe up at Fairhaven's Campgrounds. Does anyone know Fairhaven's? Does anyone not want to know it? Okay, or <laughs> to know more. Uh, it was a great time to be able to share there and to to be there for the summer came back in September, and uh, here we are. this is our home now uh, here at UCC. really appreciate that uh, all the family here, and uh, uh, the opportunity again to share because uh, Connor and actually Connor and Lauren introduced us to the church here because they were attending here, and Lauren uh, working here as well, and uh, it was great to to have them to introduce that. I'm or, um, ordained and licensed with the Evangelical Missionary Church. I was uh, pastoring at uh, Wilmot Center Missionary Church up until about a year ago, and uh, we left there and we're attending here now, so please put up with us for a little while. Is that okay? Um, so we're excited about that to, to, to be here. There's a lot of different things that have created this journey with us and uh, where we're, we're heading, and I just want to uh, give a shout out for the uh, Wellesley Church. Yay, Wellesley. Uh, good things are happening there. Uh, we, are, we are having a, a city group on, well, if you go to the Wellesley Church, which you will be going to eventually for some of our celebrations there, but when you go out there it's a church it's in the middle of the country okay it's just before wellesley does anyone know where wellesley is it's not the edge of the world but you can see it from there okay it's awesome 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 town and um we uh it's right out in the middle of the country so when we have a city group there it's a little bit of an oxymoron right like a jumbo shrimp you know so here we are in the country with a city group and uh so, but we're trying to get into the city mentality, right, Cindy and Larry? There, we're we're fighting away there, but uh, we'll make it there. But we have a, uh, we've had one meeting, and uh, we're meeting back on Wednesday nights uh, out at uh, Wellesley there. So, and I have the honor and the privilege to uh, to lead that group as well. Really appreciate it. It's lots of fun. So that you saw the video there was really pertinent to this morning, wasn't it? I heard of, yeah. Why don't you just remind us of the race that's going on outside there, Chris? Okay, I'll just do that right now, okay? There we are, the race is going on. I had no idea that that race was was taking place this morning, so the running that was, you guys got held up with, I think it's appropriate, it's great. Did uh, any of you practice a lot of patience? Did you pray for that? Yeah. Thanks, Wendy, that's... Uh, Lauren's uh, mother. Appreciate that. So I'm glad that uh I'm glad that, that happened actually, because if you were trying to get through the intersections from what I heard, there was a lot of people running. And what were they doing? They were running together, weren't they? They were causing a huge traffic jam and whatever else like that, and the police had to deal with it. Uh and that's that's an important point. This is a great illustration. Just popped up this morning. I'm glad it's there that we can we can look at that and uh, uh, talk about running and not running alone. And I think the important thing about the uh, our granddaughter being dedicated this morning is really special because it's it's a family. And a part of my philosophy of ministry and in my mission statement, I start off with this verse at the very beginning. I say, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his own family, he has denied the faith and he is worse than an unbeliever. I'm going to read that to you again. It's a very powerful verse. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his own family, He has denied the faith, and he is worse than an unbeliever. I understand, and I'm sure most of you do here as well, understand the importance of family and how important it is to lift one another up as brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's always been my goal in the numerous jobs that I've done. I'm presently not pastoring right now, but I work with Family and Children's Services in the, um, in the care homes as a relief staff worker there right now. And, you know, it's relief work, but it's, it's nice. I've been getting full-time hours. But I don't know. You'll, if you get to know me, you'll know that I'm not politically correct at all. And I'm sorry, university students. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not. And because I've seen so many changes within family and children's services. And I've seen the disintegration of the family. And I've seen how what is politically correct today is not politi- uh, politically correct tomorrow. It's fluid. It changes rapidly. And I see the deterioration and the breakdown of families. So how much more important it is for us as a part of the family of God, as the body of Christ, to look after one another and to look after and care for one another. Because the world sees that. They see when we don't look after one another, we see all the fighting that can take place in different theologies and and, uh, the news that's out there and different things that are happening. People see that, but do they see that love? And that's what we're going to talk about in uh, a little bit as well. So I I just wanted to start with that verse, but I I wanted to go to uh, Psalm 1. And read these uh, verses here. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the, in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and whose meditate, and who meditates on His law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. I wanted to use this first to talk about, uh, first of all, what it means to run, but also what it means to do these other things in the company of strangers or the wicked or whoever else. In the Stepping Stones program at uh, Fairhaven's with the youth, it's a sit-stand that we do, and then we do the, uh, it's the frontline, frontline plus, and then core, and then the core, the spring group. So it's a stepping stone program to go through. And we understand that it's in the importance of discipleship and the stepping stones, and to, to how we need to sit in the presence of the Lord and stand up for what we believe, and to walk in that, and to run the good race that's ahead of us. So when I'm, looking at, when I'm looking at this scripture, you see the opposite is true. Sorry, I'm going to have to put my glasses on here. Like I said, pyramids, okay? Now to walk, and it's the reverse here that they have to, uh, to, uh, in the verses here. To walk... Is to saunter, stroll, amble, march, stride, pace, or toddle. Okay, that's why we look at our toddlers. I I can't wait till little baby Zoe starts to walk, and uh, as they toddle around. Uh, Allison and I have five children. Yes, we do. We have five children. Uh, our oldest is twenty eight, um, and uh, his name is Brandon. We have Spencer, who's here this morning as well. And then Connor, who's the middle child. And Caleb and Olivia, you probably all know them as well. Allison and I have been married for oh, about 31 and a half years now. Allison, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, We're so blessed. So blessed to have family. And I think about the toddle aspect of it. And uh, uh, about walking. And so when we look at that, that verse is very important. Because it says the, that those who do not walk or do not toddle or step are in step with the wicked. And I think that's the when you're walking with the wicked, you have to keep up stride with them. You have to keep pace with them and what's happening. Like any runner. Or anyone that's walking. I, I like to walk, but, but I can't walk very much lately because I have a sore hip. And my wife, Allison, always walks ahead of me about two steps. And I say, why don't you walk with me? Because you're too slow, Chris. That's what she says. You got to keep going. Got to keep, keep it going. And I don't understand that, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm a specimen of good shape. Look at me. All right, I look in the mirror and I see this tall, thin person, you know. And the problem is, I'm looking in a funhouse mirror, uh, so that's part of the problem. Uh, but I, I love to, I, I, I do enjoy walking when I am not in uh, some some pain. Keeping pace, keeping pace, and the Lord says, "Blessed is the one who does not walk in step." with the wicked does not walk in step with the wicked psalm 89 14 to 16 says righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne love and faithfulness go before you blessed are those who have learned to acclaim acclaim you who walk in the light of your presence lord oh. They rejoice in your name all day long. They celebrate your righteousness. Walking in the light. The scripture is very clear there. If you're walking in the way of the wicked, and you're walking in step with the wicked, that means you're keeping pace with with what's happening in this world and with those around you. A lot of things happen in darkness. And I'm always challenged by, who are you when you're alone? Who are you when you're alone? Who, do you, who are you keeping pace with in your, in your life? Recently, um, the Lord's been placing a chorus on my, my heart and in my mind every, every morning when I wake up. And I know that that's the Holy Spirit in, in, in me praising God thanking God for for what has happened. And I, I enjoy I enjoy that time. And I love to play the... Uh, my kids are getting not tired of this, but they always say, Oh, more choruses, Dad. I love to put the YouTube the chorus. I always go to the 40 top worship songs. Uh, and I have that playing uh, on our sound um, off the TV. We have Apple TV. It's great. But um, we have that playing all the time. And especially Sunday mornings, I just love to have it playing. I think it's important. It's very important that we have those praise and worship songs in our hearts and in our lives. Because that brings light to us. That brings light to us in the darkness. So if we're not, we need to walk in the light. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Walking in his way of love. And that's what we were just, um, that's what I just brought reference to before um, about that verse about looking after the family of God. They will know we are Christians by our love. And uh, I just, I want you to know, and I, I say this in all sincerity uh, we sensed, when we f- first started to attend here, we sensed that we came home. We sensed the love that was here. Um, and Pastor Raja, you know, he's, he's a head case. He is really a wonderful man, um, love him dearly, and he just shows and demonstrates that commitment and love to all of you here, and all of us have had that experience. Thank you, Pastor. And then, again, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to share with you, and to uh, experience that love in front of you and be able to share it in that love along the way. The other scripture that says, or stand in the way that sinners take. Now to stand is, means to position, give point of view, to stop or rest and stand still. Has to do with your attitude, your opinion, where you're taking your stand. Also the verb there is to endure, persist and Prevail. Interesting. Interesting. Taking that, uh, that stand. You know, when we, uh, when we look at, when we look at uh, our lives, what are we taking a stand for? So when the Psalm 1 was saying directly that, to, or to stand in the way that sinners take, they under, uh, David understood how important it is that when we take a stand... Where do we take the stand and where do we, where do we take up our armor? Where do we, where do we start in, in that and where do we want to go into that battle? Do you know, you always hear the, the term take a stand. You know, I'm going to take a stand against evil. Or I'm going to take a stand if you're in your workplace or you're going to take a stand wherever you are at. Here, understanding that what the psalmist is saying that if you stand in the way of sinners, not means, doesn't mean getting in the way of sinners, but if you stand in the way that sinners are going, that they're going that way, and you're going to go along with them, you will not be blessed. You will not be blessed. Taking a stand is, in this world today, in our society, is so important. Um... Like I said, I work with uh, Family and Children's Services, and uh, I, and you're probably wondering, Chris, as a Christian, as a pastor, how do you operate within that, that system? Um, and all I can say is, under the radar, okay, all I can say is how God is using me there. And I do walk a fine line, but I never back down either. I've had some very, very interesting conversations with people, mostly with the staff that I work with. A lot of interesting conversations. And I have, to, I have to take a stand on that. I also worked with Ray of Hope. And I know that you support Ray of Hope. Please keep supporting Ray of Hope. Uh, I, w- I worked with them for seven years. Uh, ended up uh, as a supervisor in one of the homes there along the way. Thoroughly enjoyed it as well. And I know that that is a great work that they're doing. So I'm glad that you're supporting that. And when I look at Family and Children's Services, there's a number of Christians who work within Family and Children's Services, by the way, who really are taking a stand and who really speak out for truth and for righteousness and who are not letting the world dictate how our families should be run or what, whatever people should look at in that way. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when that day comes, you may be able to stand. Stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which, is, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When we're taking our stand, we have to stand on the word of God. We have to stand on the word of God. And I see that what's happening in, in the ways of the wicked, when, they, uh, when the way that sinners take, is what they want to do is destroy the word of God. They want to minimalize it, marginalize the word of God, not have it speak to hearts and lives the way that Jesus wants to teach us and to show us. I see this happening on a regular basis. And we have to realize, we have to realize that this is, this is not our battle. God has called us to be in warfare, but he's called us to battle. It's his. The battle is the Lord's. So therefore, if he's called us to that, he's going to equip us for that. And he's going to allow us to stand and he's going to allow us to stand up for righteousness and holiness and truth. Because he's equipped us. And we can take up the full armor of God. Let's not stand in the way that sinners take. I love this one. Sitting. Or sit in the company of of mockers. So, sit is to be seated, to take the weight off your feet, some of us need to do that fairly often. Take the weed off our, weight off our feet. To park yourself. Take a pew. To assemble or convene with. So we're going to look at the last part of the definition there. Is to take a pew and to sit back and assemble and convene and meet together. By sitting uh, in the company of mockers. Who do you, Who are you associating with? Who do you spend your time with? What do you spend your time in watching? There's one thing that uh, really disturbs me. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, different shows out there and different movies and whatever else like that. But taking, taking the name of the Lord in vain really bugs me. And I hope it bugs you too. I can put up with sometimes. I, like I said, I work with Family owned Services. I've heard uh, swear words come out of six-year-olds that uh, definitely truckers would blush at. I don't know why truckers get a bad name on this, by the way. Like, are truckers the only one that sh- that uh, swear? <laughs> my friend Sanford is here. Uh, he's a trucker. Oh my goodness. You take the wallpaper off of walls, bro. No, you don't. No, it I don't know why they get that. I don't know why they um, get that uh, that bad name. But I've heard, I've heard kids, little children, like I said, six year olds, and my heart aches. My heart aches for them because I think about what did they go through in their lives to bring them to this point? Where do we spend our time sitting? Where do we sit today? Here we are in church. Here we are meeting together. We're convening together. The warning there in scripture says, you do not need to sit and you should not be sitting in the company of mockers. The worst thing that, a, that an alcoholic can do is if they were going to bars and different situations is to go back to the bars and, and to think that they can witness or whatever else like that. That's, that's what I believe. Because that is a, a mockery of who we are. What, where do we go? I know this is, uh, I hope this isn't a difficult mes- message, but at the same time, I hope it is. That we understand, we understand where we are planting ourselves, where we're walking, where we're standing, and where we're sitting. It's important. Finally, the scripture says here, The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above all the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? God is seated on high. And you know that we have a place prepared for us that we will be able to rest that we will be seated in. That's heaven. He has it prepared for us. God sits enthroned on high. He is there. He is looking over all of us here, all the earth. And to put it very, very simply, he knows all about us. Every part of our being he knows because he is watching over us. Sometimes I, I ne- neglect to remember that, that he's watching over us. That he is, he is there and he is enthroned on high. He is the Lord God Almighty. And we need to respect that because that's where I want to sit. I want to be at the feet of Jesus. I want to be listening and hearing from him. And understanding all that he has brought to us. So, walk, stand, sit from Psalm 1. Now, what does it mean to run? Hebrews says this, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we are all in this together. This uh, this this uh, race called love, and we are we can understand what god has called us to jesus in this world he walked he rocked, he walked the road to golgotha for us he died on that on that cross for us while he was on this earth he took a stand he said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free and the disciples there. We looked at Mary and Martha, and we've, we've discussed that in the past. Uh, Pastor Roger was talking about that, how Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. All these things that God did for us. So we're all, on the, we're all in this together, understanding who Jesus is. This race called life. And I, I just don't want us to run it alone. Uh, don't run too fast or you'll miss the opportunities and uh, to be at the hands and feet of Jesus. But also, there's a joy in the journey so interrupted, intentionally, generously, and running together. Therefore... Because of this uh, because of the certainty of God's promise, we can run this race of life with endurance. Here the author is picturing our life as a race. Paul, we believe, wrote Hebrews. And I'm gonna share a verse with you in a moment to, to conclude with. And as he as and even though it may be a long and hard race, our faith gives us the endurance to continue. Also, we should drop anything that keeps us from running the very best that we can. If Jesus is is the finish line, Jesus is the motivation for our lives, our founder and perfecter of our faith. Then we should remove anything that hinders us from running to Him. Psalm 1 says it very clearly. If you want to be blessed in this race, what we are not to do, stand, walk, sit in the place of sinners and mockers, and those that would hinder us in our walk. We need to to throw those aside. I love that uh, I love that verse, uh, sorry. When running the uh, race toward Jesus, throw away anything that would slow you down. That chorus that we sang at the end there is a very, very powerful verse. Very, very powerful chorus. I'm no longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God. Are we slaves to fear? those things that we need to cast aside, such as sin and doubt and distractions and fear, instead of uh, um, focus on Jesus. Are we in that position where we are focusing on Jesus? We're casting uh, aside those things. We're no longer slaves to fear. Paul said it very clearly. Now, he had run the race. Paul had run the race. I don't know about you, but... um, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge football fan, okay? I love football. And please don't get angry at me, but I'm a New England Patriots fan, okay? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm not someone who jumped on the bandwagon, all right? They're a great team. I've been following them since the 70s, all right, when Jim Plunkett and Jerry Grogan was, yeah. I'm an old man, okay? So, but I love the New England Patriots, one of the, one of the uh, quarterbacks who just retired recently named Peyton Manning was one of our, uh, one of our ones who really uh, was sometimes a thorn in the flesh. <laughs> but in his retirement speech, he said he will miss so many of the people he ran with when he was playing football he's going to miss so many of the people he ran with and that's what he's going to miss that togetherness that team that that running with other people and that he knows even as a quarterback you know the quarterback gets all the glory and gets all the praise and whatever else along the way he knew that that it wasn't him that he needed that team that team to run together And we as pastors understand very, very clearly that it's not all about us. Even as uh, you know, as gifted and talented as someone like Rasha is, he understands it's not all about him. And if any of you have thought that, please stop. We need to be a team. And I I love the the, uh, uh, the community church network that is set up. It's awesome. That we can, you know, the Wellesley Church is part of, and DCC was a part of, it. and the Wellesley Church is uh, a part of, it. and and you guys, it's awesome that we can have that support and that that running together with each other. Peyton Manning quoted actually quoted Paul in his retirement speech because he understood. <clears throat> he was talking about finishing the race in retirement. Just a race for football. That's all. He had finished it. And 2 Timothy says this. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. All of us, he has run that race with. He has run his, his, Paul says, I've run that race, I've run the race here with all of you. With all of you. That's a part of being the family of God. That's a part of not running alone. Because let's face it. uh, Most of the work of an athlete takes place ahead of the competition. Not at the competition. The competition is a culmination of a long process of preparation, right? You just can't jump into this race. Like all those runners that are out there. Even the slow ones the ones who would be pulling up the rear, so to speak, they've probably have prepared and still tried to run. Some may run fast and some may run averagely, average. Some may run slow. But the thing is, they're running together. And we saw that. That's the way the body of Christ operates. Paul has gone on before us. But over the course of his life, he just didn't say, I completed the, I finished the race. I just, I just jumped into it at the, you know, the last minute and uh, I've been successful. He was competing and training all along the way as a disciple of Christ. So that he could say that with confidence that he has finished the race, that he has kept the faith. So just what are we to have lay what do we need to lay aside in order to run the race with endurance which hebrew says hebrew says the race that is set out before us you see we can't run if we're walking or standing or sitting in the place of mockers of those who are leading us. I just get so tired and I heard I heard Pastor Raja say this. I get so tired of the Kardashians defining what family is. I don't know about you, but I'm really I'm really tired of it. What Hollywood is saying. And we know what's I don't know if any of you've seen what's happening in Hollywood right now. Many twisted ways of thinking and believing. Because people have been sitting, walking, standing in the wrong place, in the wrong spot. The scripture says very clearly in Psalm, again, I'll go back to Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Paul had a prosperous race because he ran. He kept the faith. I want to encourage us all. We have interesting days ahead of us as a church, as a body. We need to keep the faith. We need to run. We need to persevere. And we need to overcome. Watch where we walk. Watch where we're standing and what we're standing up for. And Let us watch where we rest in. And we said, let us watch that. Be careful of that. Because all those things would be hindrances if they're not done properly. And we would not be able to run. I'm committed. I should be committed sometimes. I'm committed to run this race along with you. To not be alone. I need family. I need friends. Because when I was saved, uh, I, I don't... You, you, none of us go to heaven or hell on anyone's coattails. Okay? It's our own personal decision. But I learned that I did not want to forsake this assembling of all of us together and how important the church is. That's why... Uh, Allison and I, uh, we were assessed as church planners back in 2000. And that's our our heart. Our goal is to see things grow. That's why I was working with, when I was working with life groups, to see things grow. See things move ahead. And that's what it's all about. But I don't want to do it alone. Do you, does anyone here want to do it alone? Don't put up your hand, please, if you do, because we'll just make fun of you. No, I'm just kidding. We need to do it together as a part of the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray.